Hello! Welcome to this episode of the Fan Men Podcast. I'm DJ Gove. Sean Hogarty. And uh, we don't have Chris Davis today, but we kind of upgraded a little bit. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we're doing this. Uh, I'm live from Red Bank. Oh, sorry. What is it? East, East, East New Jersey? Eatontown. Eatontown, New Jersey. <laughs> East New Jersey. East yeah, New Jersey. Yeah. Eatontown, <laughs> New Jersey. Beautiful Eatontown. At the uh, Shared Universe Studio. Our Shared Universe Podcast Studios. And uh, we got Sean live on the Skype. Yes, I am here. So filling in for Chris Davis today is uh, Mike Zapsick. Mike Zapsick. Hey, everybody. Hey, thank you. From yes. uh, AMC's Comic Book Men, the TV show that should still be on TV. Is Avis, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting in for Is Avis. Yes, yes. And, yeah, we have no, no Is Avis today. So that's a bummer. But yeah. uh, boys, bummer. this is DJ's second time here in the podcast studio. Yep. Loved having you here first time. You you guys were great. Uh, you were here, was it Was it a year ago? A little bit under. It was uh, Volgarthon last year. Volgarthon, okay. So, August. But it was a Kevin Smith thing. Yes. It was a Kevin Smith event that brought you into town. Yes. So, uh, and yet tomorrow we have another Kevin Smith event. <laughs> that we do. In town. That we do. And uh, most people, I've gotten so many phone calls, if I can just take three seconds. Oh, go nuts. To uh, just, just throw the, and I'm hoping that these people who are coming to this signing are listening in to what I have to say right now. It is strictly limited to 150 people. Yes. Wow, first 150. Yeah, we had to, you know what? Kevin is, Kevin's awesome. And Kevin wanted to do a signing because Kevin loves his fans. So we did, um, he just put out a new um, series He's um, hit girl. Hit girl. You're taking my thunder away, Sean. Sorry, I'm a fan. God damn it, Hogarty. Right, Jesus. So, um, yeah, Kevin is playing in uh, Mark Miller's Sandbox, and he's uh, doing Hit Girl. So the first three are out now. And Kevin uh, just hot off Jay and Silent Bob reboot down in New Orleans, decided that, you know, he's like, you know what? I don't need to sleep anymore. So I'm going to come up to Jersey and do a signing there. So we've got uh, a bundle, and it's strictly limited to 150 people. <clears throat> 150 because it's it's a bundle that we're selling tomorrow. The first 150 people that get there, you know what? There's no real fair way to do this except first come first serve. Sure. So you know we could do the online sales. But you get those people who buy, you know, who get in there with like, I have no idea how the interwebs work, but I know that there are people out there who, there's one guy out there who can get all 150 at once, you know, just in the first two seconds. And it's not really fair to everyone else because this guy's going to scalp the shit out of them. So So, um, Kevin thought that that would be the fairest way to do it. I'm not trying – a year ago or, yeah, a um, little more than a year ago, yeah. he had a heart attack. Yep. I want to make yep. sure that he sticks around to do more hit girls So yes. and more detective – I want him to do Detective 2000. So that's part of the bundle too. So, <laughs> folks, you get there. You um, you buy the bundle. It's twenty five bucks for all three, all four of the books, and that counts as one of your things. And you can bring like four other things for Kevin to sign, take a picture. You know, uh, generally speaking, these things. You know, when you you see these people, it's about five. Kevin spends five minutes with each person, and he gives you his undivided attention. And we did, you know, we divided. And you're like, hell, and it's like, oh, 150. That's that's about. And we're still running over. And we're, st- and we're still going to go till about eight, I'm sure. Yeah. So on Tuesday, it'll be eight p.m. Yeah. on Tuesday by the time he's done with everybody. So and and um, DJ was telling me that somebody was scalping last year, and I was like, if I had known that people were scalping last year, I would have demanded that you know I got my my beak wet, you know. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I'm just God saying, you could charge more than twenty five. I would have paid it still. So. All right. Well, you know what, suckers, us. next year. <laughs> Next year, next year, yeah. Volgarthon's gonna cost a thousand Dece- bucks. When exactly. December, uh, December, when uh, Detective Comics two thousand comes out, you know it's gonna be a lot more. They're very cool, yeah. Excellent. Well, you'll have you'll have to pay my grandkids much more money. <laughs> so Something how? Uh, oh, gosh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say like, how are you? So tomorrow's not just a Kevin event. It's um. <laughs> Two two pretty big days, like for for us nerd folk. It's it's Star Wars Day. Yes, it is. It's May fourth. May the fourth be yeah. with you. And it's also Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, that's always fun. 
<laughs> yeah, as tell him Steve Dave, the the gentleman on tell him Steve Dave life just like to say, it's when the termites come out for their free yeah. cheese. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is a mixed metaphor at best, but still, right. the termites come out for their free cheese. I'm like, no, it's rats, Walt. But you know, yeah, I think this year is going to be a little worse than years previous because I think it was was it last year? I think. You for free comic book day. There was a Umbrella Academy book given out on free comic book day. Yes, and now that book is worth about one hundred and fifty bucks. Well, uh, if it was signed by Kevin, because he also did this signing last yeah, year yeah, on yeah. free comic. No, just day. just the base ones. Yeah, it's like uh, it's insane. Should have had signed by Kevin three hundred dollars. There we go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, the uh, the interesting thing for me, Mike, is that when DJ was last there with you and Chris was it was uh, August first. Uh, we had just come down for Volgarthon the next day. Right. I wasn't able to come over to record with you guys because I'd made arrangements to have dinner over at uh, the diner with a bunch of uh, Tell em Steve Dave fans. But, well, but the sucker. Day, <laughs> the, the day kind of sticks with us, though. That, was, that trip was really the beginning of Chris and DJ and I hanging out as a unit. DJ kind of put together the podcast idea. Um, but it also just kind of formed the the legend of fan men with me ending up severely injured. I did the Volgarthon marathon after spending most of the night at the, the emergency room and then on drugs through the entire thing and ended up having yep. back surgery and stuff. So, oh my God. <laughs> it was a fun weekend. That's, that's right. We awesome. were talking about that, weren't yeah, we? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That was you, Sean. Uh, yep. And then he got hurt down in New Orleans, filming Reboot. <laughs> That's true. So basically, I, Sean can't leave his house anymore. Yeah. The wife's cut him off. Sean, stay there. Just, just, just yeah, stay, stay I'm, there. I'm in my basement here, right? I, I did not come down, didn't want to tempt fate. Okay, but something's going to happen to you in your basement now. Then <laughs> make, make sure, yeah, seriously, make sure that, that everything's short up, please. Yeah, I'll make that sure. Would, that would be, you know, most, that, that's, that is the most important thing is that, no timbers fall on you. That's that's all I'm no saying. Timbers. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm safe here. Yeah. Knock on wood. We're going to bring them down again. We want to come down, the three of us, this summer, hopefully, yeah. once we can get all get away. So Wear your Iron Man us. suit. There you go. That's or all. your Bubble Boy costume. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just wrap yourself in, in bubble wrap. That'll work. A sweet, glorious bubble wrap. It is excellent. <laughs> uh, DJ, did you happen to show uh, Mike the, the Chris Davis uh, oh, I did graphic. not. I did not. Is Avis? No, I didn't see anything by Is Avis. <laughs> Trying to see if I have it. Cool that uh, that uh, a fan and and fellow fan did for us. We've been creating this uh, legend of the Chris Davis, and uh, Stephen Chris oh, came down. Uh, he's uh, a fellow fan and and uh, the composer of that Shecky Don't Like It song. Right. He came down to guest with us. Uh, a week or so ago and uh, reveals the fact that he's wearing that sh- shirt during the recording. It was hilarious. And, uh, and just, oh, that's great. As Chris, of course, pretended not to like it, but. Oh, really? Did he? He's like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> oh, this no, is horrible. No, of course he did. What an ego. Of course it's, it's, it's an <laughs> ego boost for God's sakes. Somebody's wearing my face on a t-shirt. That's so yeah. weird. I think he's buying himself a pillow with his own face on it to sleep on. So. Uh, of course. Why, well, why, you know, not? why not? Why wouldn't you? Why would, you have to, right? Mother's Day, his wife's getting uh, socks with that, that photo on it. That's that a good idea. Good, yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Sean, we need socks. We need, we need to put uh, socks in the store somehow. I think you can get about anything on anything these days you can. with the internet. You can. So, um, Sean, you pick up anything collectible-wise since the last time we talked? So I've actually, I haven't made it by the comic store to pick up anything. Um, I don't, I don't think I've actually bought anything in recent memory, which is actually good from a financial perspective, Ooh, very nice. but, uh, but I've been on the edge. I've been looking at a, a, a copy of detective 359 may be graded. It's one of the few holes in my, you know, detective run from the sixties to now. And, that's you know that's potentially a two thousand dollar book. I'm more likely to get one for a few hundred bucks, low grade. Uh, but I really kind of want a copy, um, and I'm thinking I've been looking at some like two point five graded ones. Um, but 
I probably won't get one anytime soon, but I've been itching. Nice, okay. nice. Um, I picked up my, well, I got it from you, Sean, the uh, Teen, oh, yeah. Teen Titans number two, first yeah. Deathstroke. Oh, very nice. Just time to put my Teen Titans run back together. And I got my Jewish contract set from the Hall of Comics mm-hmm. back home. And then you got to enunciate because I thought you said Jewish contract. I'm like the Jewish contract. I'm like what the yeah, hell? You never, you never. A yeah. known I talk. <laughs> it's a Massachusetts thing. I talk super uh, okay. duper fast. That's great, but let us get that okay. because I got Judas. the Judas contract <laughs> like, books. Oh my, that's good. Better than the Wait. the Jewish contract because I'm like, all right, I I was. Did Will Eisner do another yeah, the, thing the, before? The, okay. The Jewish Contract, a very underrated comic series. Yes, I'm sure. You used to have to send in uh, five UPCs off of uh, matzo boxes. Yes, you it. did. And and <laughs> one um, Gavelta fish there jar. There we go. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Good stuff. So. That's, that's one of the challenges, Mike, in podcasting with DJ is Chris has a nice, smooth, low voice. I don't tend to talk very quickly. DJ talks quickly. Uh, slurs everything. Good boy. Um, I jumble shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. See, there's nothing wrong with that. You need that one guy in there. Ming yeah. likes to do that too. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I am that one guy. Yeah. So yeah, so I picked up, I got the Teen Titans 2 from Sean and um, I also, uh, I put the pre-order down on the Hot Toys Captain America from Endgame. Oh. I had to. come with a hammer? Uh, oh yeah, Gavin God. hasn't seen Endgame yet. Spoiler. No, yeah, no spoilers. So he does, he does. He comes with you know what and you know what. Nice. So I had to get that. Good thing Gavin's not on headphones. That's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Gavin can't hear what yeah. you say. So yeah, he does. He does come with that. And then um, also, I got actually Gavin brought it to me. Um, I picked up uh, one of O'Halloran's uh, costumes from Corks too. No way. Yeah. Awesome. So I have the uh, like the brown thermal and the jeans and the shoes from when they're getting ready to open the quick stop back up. Right. That's cool. So yeah, so Gavin brought me my first ever screen used item from does my it, collection of stuff. Does it come with uh, the underwear? Well, I, I had to have the underwear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yo, you gotta have his skid marks. A little wastier yeah. than I thought they were gonna be, but. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, there was a uh, a box of stuff that had just been lying around in. I, I Kevin just threw it into storage, and it was in a storage yeah. facility, and uh, it was in Ming's office forever. And there was a pair of Linda Fiorentino's underwear in there. And every time I'd walk into Ming's office, I'm like, why do you have a pair of women's underwear? And he's like, oh, they're Linda Fiorentino's. I'm like, I don't even want to know. And so in my mind, I've got this entire story of, well, Ming was on the set of Dogma and he was skulking (laughs) around and (laughs) picking up what he could get. So yeah, it's if she actually turned it in with the rest of her clothing, I guess I don't know. Yeah, like, I would have yeah. kept the underwear. That's yeah. just me, though. Yeah, unless it <laughs> unless it's shown on screen, right? I mean, generally you wouldn't think that would be part of the costume, but if there's a screen, you know, if there's a shot where that's actually exposed, then it's it's fair game. You're saying is that what you're trying I to say? I still think it's uh, strange. All right. yeah. Screen used. Now, I'm sure they were screen used. You just couldn't see them. <laughs> Is it screen used if it's, you know, not actually seen? Right? Uh, unless you're assuming everyone's going commando. Yes. Yes, it counts. Potato, t- potato, Sean. It's like, yes, come on. It's all the same thing. So, what do we want to talk about tonight, Sean? Well, one thing that I thought... Um, would be kind of interesting interesting uh with the opportunity to talk to you mike is uh just general con experiences right each of us has a different uh way that we've interacted with cons dj's kind of the the crazy guy who goes to a lot of cons has done a lot of uh, pretty cool cosplay um you know, put a lot of effort into that spent a lot of time getting signatures meeting meeting celebs things like that um, I've only gone to a few. I did make a pilgrimage out to San Diego Comic-Con um, 2017. That was a big deal for me. But I I haven't done that many. And then obviously your experience is all over the map, but especially you know, on the other side of the table. You've been a celebrity as well as a fan. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's – yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're – um... I started. I started out as a fan. I started out doing yeah. the. Uh, we would go to Chiller. I would. Mm-hmm. We we went. Um, as a matter of fact, Walt Sunday Jeff and I went up to Chiller Theater, 
God, it was 2003 or four. And this is back when it was in Secaucus at uh, this really rundown Hilton. And it, it what most of the celebrities weren't even in the hotel. They were out in this big, they had a tent. And if you know anything about Chiller, it's always in April or in October, uh, around Easter and um, Halloween, Halloween ish. Yeah. yeah. So, but Chiller is is more horror con, and it's gotten to be like the the B and C listers, and they get some really good names up there, but for the most part, it's you know they've got a lot of names on there. Like Larry Storch was there last time. I didn't even know Larry Storch was still alive. <laughs> so I'm like, Agarn from F Troop. And I'm like, who the fuck knows what F Troop is anymore? I mean, yeah, not I the biggest draw. But, but, but we're old. Yeah, we are. And thank God for it. So, and we, because we got to see the great bands. So, yeah, I mean, true. you know, pardon my French, but fuck the Jonas Brothers. I would much rather have seen, you know, Flock of Seagulls. It's fine. So, I actually yeah. just got the text from my daughter. I want Jonas Brothers tickets for my birthday. All right, well, like, great. I got yeah, yeah, well, then you're going to see the Jonas Brothers. I've seen them twice already. You got to, oh. with Hannah Montana. <laughs> that was Christmas when she was five. Anyway, yeah. So. Yes. All right, fine, whatever. Thank God my kids don't drag me into that bullshit. <laughs> uh, but we went up there and we saw Joni, and we saw Joni from Happy Days. We saw Aaron Moran, um, Potsy, and Ralph Malf, and we're like, holy crap! They're just standing there like normal people talking to each other, and. Uh, Walt has gone. Walt does not do cons as a rule, but every once in a while he will go and do a con. And those are joyous times for me because he's always like, nobody's going to come to see us. No, people hate him. Why, why are they going to come over and give us money to, to get an autograph? Or well, why are we doing this? And it's, it, and Brian's like, yeah, this, uh, this sucks, you know, and it's, but it's so much fun. To hear them going off on like, yeah, this and no one wants to come. And then we get that line, and he's like, "Yeah, wow, all right, this is pretty cool." I mean, and, you guys are are special, right? I know you poo poo the celebrity and stuff like that, but but you're you guys are normal and accessible and just fun to talk to, and it's you know it's it's less intimidating because. People hear your voices, people, you know, podcasts. And, and, and so I think you are much more normal than most other, you know, celebrities you might meet at the con. Again, thank you. That's the, <laughs> it cracks me the hell up that you call me normal. But um, I suppose I, I, I find it I'm more I'm less Ming and I'm more okay, Brian yeah. and Walt, yeah. which scares the living shit out of me because. <laughs> yeah. I've known them all for like going on 24 years, 20, 23, yeah. 24 years. And I mean, Walt, the self-professed most normal person normal on the face person. of the earth, you he know, wants nothing to Walt, do with anybody. Exactly. <laughs> Walt, Walt is one of the, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He would do yeah. anything for, I've seen it and I've seen it. He's done anything for a fan. And yeah. he's been taken advantage of more than once. And <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude, not, not to him, but yeah. there have yeah. been people who are like, Hey, can you sign this? And can you sign this? And can I get this yeah. uh, made into a tattoo? And can you come over and paint my house? And can he's, <laughs> and it's like, dude, get away from the, the, leave the guy alone for God's sakes. Well, I, and, I love the, uh, the combination of the knowledge that he is that way, but the personality he exudes like in the podcast and stuff, he the heart is not really out there. He's kind of very kind of crusty, and you see the closeness with you guys, but not you know he doesn't seem very warm and fuzzy. But it peeks through when you see the types of things he does for fans and the way he treats people. He is, yeah. It's it's. I'm still getting to. I'm like I said, I've known Walt for over twenty years, and I'm still getting to know him. You know, yeah. it's he is one of the. Uh, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, about five years ago, we were doing something, and Kevin and I were standing um, next to each other. And Kevin tells me the story that 
when they first opened the shop, he and uh, Muse used to go out and do their uh, Star Wars figures run to to keep right. Muse occupied. You know, when his yep. he was going yep. through the methadone, mm-hmm. and um, he'd bring the stuff back early in the morning and he'd put it up and he he was very proud of the way that he did it and um then he'd come back later that night and everything would be changed and he's like oh he's like this is my store but i'm yeah. i'm getting thrown out of the way cuz Walt would rearrange it so it looked and he's like I, and i got to say it did look better he's like i i know <laughs> Ultimately, I knew that this was for the best, but it still was like, ah. And um, he's like, for the past, as a matter of fact, he said that most of his career has been um, in the pursuit of making Walt Flanagan laugh. Yeah, <laughs> not Brian yeah. Johnson, yeah, but Walt Flanagan, because Walt Flanagan is a lot tougher. Walt Flanagan does have, and he's said it before. He's like, I, I do the polite laugh for you guys a lot. Um, especially you and you and Ming, Mike, um, you get that genuine laugh. You're floating for days. So, so I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I like veer off course, uh, getting back okay. to the con thing. We do it all the time. Yeah. So, um, I guess, yes, I, I do have a unique perspective as being like on both sides of that table. Exactly. I don't do, I don't do any cons anymore as Ming. Uh, mainly for a bunch of reasons. We've got the podcast studio now. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody's got to stick around and do it. Ming is doing all these cons. Uh, he's yeah. out in Atlanta this weekend, and he's uh, officiating a wedding. He f- he finally jumped in and got his Universal Life Church uh, certification, which you know I'm I mean that tells you that his credit card went through, so that's good. <laughs> Uh, so that means that out of the five comic book men, four of us could marry you. Yeah. That's kind of I cool. mean, marry you and somebody else. Yeah, that would be bigamy. In a legal. Uh, yeah. It would be bigamy, exactly. Or so. polygamy, yeah. A big, big poly, yeah, polygamy, yeah, you know, I, whatever. So um, I appreciate what everyone does at these cons. I look at the the huge stars that I've met. I mean, I take a look around here. We've we've got some pretty cool pictures yeah, you of people cool that stuff. we've we've met. Um a lot of the people we've met uh because of the show, uh Comic Book Men, which is streaming mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime, folks. Show them show them that uh you still love us. Um but you know, I Billy D. Williams. These are people that I grew yeah. up with. I've yeah. got we we met Billy D. a couple times. He was on the show. Yep. Stan, of course. We yeah. when he passed, the one thing that I was thinking of, and Ming put it down in words uh, on on a Facebook tribute. But you know, this is something I get to tell my grandchildren about. Um, I moderated a panel with Stanley and Todd McFarlane. That's amazing. Which is insane. That's, I know. It's nuts. Well, I also. What you 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 know, like you said, well before you were on the show or anything else, you've been a a comic book collector, reader, fan, and you know worker. Could you have believed that you'd be able to say that statement or any of the other things you've done back in those days? No, of course not. No way. I mean, I moderated a panel with Justin Roiland and yeah. uh, Dan Harmon. I got to meet like these two. At the height of their game right now, they are perhaps the, you know, I don't know if you, Sean, you probably do remember, but when uh, Saturday Night Live first came on the air, yeah, it was, they, they called it like the, um, oh God, like the new Camelot of comedy. Yeah. This yeah. was, comedy was being reinvented by these guys. And I went back and I watched the first season of Saturday Night Live and- yeah. Wow, it was it was Camelot left a lot to be yeah, desired. It was but not good. You could feel, but you could feel there was there was energy there. There was, there was passion and, and yes. creativity and enablement, right? Just the fact that they had the opportunity to put stuff out there so quickly and creatively. Yes, that was really it. That was the thing. But uh, I mean, you knew that. Uh, I mean, they were being. It, it's sort of like watching the the very first season of uh, Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, it became a dynamo it became this 
this yeah. cultural phenomenon and you know often uh imitated never duplicated it's it was that thing and you saw that that like you said the raw passion the raw it was there it all everything yeah. was falling into place so by season 2 they were well on their way and by season 3 boom they they had it yeah, yeah. so i mean that's um it takes so, time to get into that groove, but it is that exactly. That sort of thing. So that's that's what I liken, you know, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland to. So yeah. for me, that was like, holy crap, these guys are like, they're comedy royalty. Yeah. Well, I, so. I, I put off for a while listening or or watching uh, Rick and Morty, though I'd heard lots of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd actually, I think it might have been season two. They did, uh, they animated some kind of courtroom. Oh my God. Uh, yes. The in Georgia. Yeah. And I hadn't, I hadn't actually watched the show up to that point though. I'd heard clips, heard the voices, but I watched that for some reason and it just blew me away how awesome that was. And I finally did mainline the series and it's just so sharp and hilarious and ridiculously well done. Um, yeah, when when Community was on the air, I would watch it every once in a while, but it was on at a really weird time, and mm-hmm. I it, it might have been on at like Monday at eight o'clock, which was not really a weird time. It was a weird time yeah. in my life, you know. That's like yeah. Yeah. I can't commit to a, another show or whatever. And now I'm on like my fifth or sixth rewatching, and you pick up little things that they do, and you're like, oh my god, this is mind blowing. This is, I mean, every one of these characters has not just one, not just two, but like 53 different layers. And even the throwaway people like Fat Neil and uh, Chang, for God's sakes. Ken Jeong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the Spanish teacher. Yeah, El Tigre. (laughs) Uh, Something you said uh, just reminded me of something that's so different nowadays. The idea of watching the show at a particular time is... Is such a, or or having something that doesn't work for your life. Our, our local comic book shop, uh, the Hall of Comics in in Southboro, Massachusetts. Don't mention um, other comic stores near Mike. No, go ahead. Gosh, no, gosh. I love oh, comic book stores, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's, it's a great store, man. Just outside of Boston, and uh, and they started doing kind of these nightly auction or Monday every Monday night. They do a really cool auction. Um, they have a really great format. Uh, you know, it's all on on Facebook and everything, and and it's really great. Unfortunately, I my commute sucks. I don't get home until about six thirty or seven every night. The last thing I'm going to do or be allowed to do by the family is, of course, you know, then go sit in front of a screen and type and spend money on comics. Um, so I just never make it. But it's one of those few things where so much of our lives now are driven by schedules that are of our own making. You watch what you want when you want you. You know, you listen to podcasts, you aren't listening to drive time radio. I'm listening to, you know, I sell comics and tell them Steve, Dave and fat man and all these different things. Thank you for throwing us in there first. I I get it. Um, Just so everyone out there knows this, I want this out there on on another podcast, not just, you know, the Ming and Mike show or or anything that I'm involved in. Um, I am holding back 300 to spite Brian Johnson. (laughs) So, you know. Because he demanded that I, I, um, he, he demanded the ants to get together and demand the release of 300, which makes me happy because if anyone ever told him what to do, he would, it, oh, yeah. It, oh, you know, I swear to God, he would break the sound barrier telling that person to go fuck themselves. He'd delete the so, file. Exactly. <laughs> he would, yes, just in, oh, oh, this one you mean? Boom. There you go. And, and four hundred one coming yourself. up soon. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Here comes four hundred one. You, you totally should. I totally understand it. You know, I I appreciate the unique opportunity to just twist a little. You know, twist a little knife. You you never know when those bits of power come up. But exactly. Don't let go. And you know what, Brian is one of the funniest people I have ever met, and this this pleases <laughs> me no end. So yeah. I I get to do my little uh, wow. I'm a jerk off kind of thing. So there you go. I get to beat Brian at his own game. I have to you hold back uh, episode like... 26. All right, once we get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, this is yeah. We got a ways to go. Yeah, ways to go. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll ever make uh, hundreds. Oh yeah, you to... will. It's just about being consistent. Yeah. We just now, have um, to survive. 
Surviving is also good. Now, did you have a specific question? Since I, I like totally oh. hijacked the whole convention thing. What you have to have a question, Sean, because you went well, here. Well, actually, you you actually got into got into it. Just I was interested in in kind of your your experience like that. You know, mine. I've only been to a few. Um, one of them, I actually, you know, met you guys down at Terrificon. Um, I don't know if you remember signing an iguana. Sure do. Yeah. So that was, that was Eugene. I brought Eugene with me and that was, um, one of my more unique experiences. I really brought it down just to show to, uh, Brian, you know, and, and, you know, cause it was kind of a tell him Steve, Dave, you know, Eugene, the iguana thing. Of course. Um, and I find it amusing that Brian actually showed up to that convention. So yeah. <laughs> he deserves all the shit you can give him. Um, but I ended up having like 20 people sign it. I spent ridiculous amounts of money having random people sign my iguana. Um, and it was, it changed the entire nature of the convention for me because it was a great conversation piece. It was, you know, it, it gave you something to talk about. It wasn't just, Hey, sign this, take a picture with me. It was, why the hell are you bringing me this? And it, you know, it definitely, usually most people haven't signed iguanas. That's true, and uh, it, it was a first for me as well. I've signed a baby. I've signed a baby. I've signed an iguana. Cool. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I love to do at cons, one of the the things that um, I, I I guess it's one of the perks of yeah. being invited to a con is getting to meet people that you see on TV, the people yeah. that you're like, this oh, yeah. is really awesome, and have them have a. Um, uh, find some footing where you yeah. you both are you know uh, you're on equal um, yeah. you know as as humans right exactly whether you've been, both been on TV or just you know you both take crap have bad days and you know and deal with shit the conversation opportunity is a totally different experience than me sitting and watching you on a TV oh hell yeah you know I got to meet uh, Eddie McClintock and. Uh, my wife and I are in the middle of about 12 different binge watches right now. So, mm -hmm. but warehouse 13, mm -hmm. I can't recommend it enough. Super underrated show. It is so underrated my as wife a show. That show. It's such a kick-ass show. I mean, um, they, they play, um, Eddie McClintock plays, um, treasury agent Pete Latimer and okay. he's guided by his gut and his heart. And I think that that's essentially what it is but the the basic uh conceit of the show is you remember the warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark yes it's real it's <laughs> real and damned if they don't have you know Houdini's uh chastity yeah Houdini's chastity belt or yeah. you know you Edgar got a Allen whole Post bunch of stuff in stuff. there yeah yeah and all these things have like supernatural powers to them yeah and they can it's, make you do stuff and yeah, and they're really it's fucking rad they've got some some pretty nasty side effects. Like they'll drive you insane. Yeah, they have, sure. they have, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis's, um, his mirror. That, yes, that the Jabberwocky mirror, right? Yes, it allows you to to go or, or allows something to come over and possess you from Wonderland, and it's Alice. So wow. yeah, it's there's a whole bunch of these things, and um, so I was talking to him, and he had a mouthful of food, and I, I, I wandered up to him, I'm like. I, I have to say this, Mr. McClinic. I love you so much on um and he's like, Thank you very much. He's like, I'm, I'm, he's like, let me just swallow. I'll shake your hand as soon as I put my plate down. And he did. He comes over, he's like, Thank you so much. What's your name? And you know, it's this was when uh, I think Comic Book Men was on season one or two. And he's like, I'm gonna have to check that show out. I doubt he did. I hope he I kinda hope he did, but you know, I, here's a guy who's got so much going on, but two days, that was a Friday. Um, I didn't see him on Saturday, but Sunday I saw him there. We were having lunch and he's like, Hey Mike, how you doing? And, and he remembered my yeah. name. I mean, nice. I thought that was really sweet. He didn't have to do that. I mean, he could have been like, Hey guy, how you doing? What's up Ace? Yeah. I would have yeah. been perfectly fine that's, with being called Ace. That's, that's huge. Awesome. Yes. Um, we went to, uh, uh, Comic Con one year. Um, it was the year Just League was just no Wonder Woman was just got announced. Mm -hmm. So BVS was just getting ready to come out, mm -hmm. and Gal Gadot was there. 
So mm-hmm. my daughter was a huge Wonder Woman fan. I raised her on the Linda Carter shit, all that. So we go there. We had like the VIP pass for her. Mm-hmm. So first thing in the morning, we're in line, 15, 10, 15,000 people in line. Um, you know, in front of us, I think Sean, we've told this story before, you know, we had like the yeah. normal sweatpant crowd you have when you have like a attractive mm-hmm. actress like that. So I was gave her heads, but Hey, like, this is not going to be a ton of time. It's going to be bing, bang, boom. There's a million people goes up there. She's got the full Wonder Woman thing. We made her the whole thing, like mm-hmm. leather cuffs and the whole nine loves her costumes. It's like 10 minutes talking to her Yeah, with my kid up. We go back for the photo op at like in the, at night, it's probably nine hours later. Mm-hmm. Same thing. She walked right in the curtain, remembered her name, went over, gave her a hug. This when she was pregnant too with her second kid. So no one was wow. allowed to touch. You had to stand on X. Picture mm-hmm. we have, she's posed my kid, didn't get her arm around her. And she'll always remember that. It just made her friggin' day. So yeah. it's not simply remembering the name. It's it's cool. And isn't that, I mean, let's let's be honest. Isn't that what draws so many people to Kevin? Yeah. His, yeah, his still ex- trap. He is. Engagement. When you're up there and- this is the way he, I'm assuming, was even before fame hit him. Um, and he's he's been this way since I've known him. And, and again, going mm-hmm. on like 20 years. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I was a customer before I was an employee at the stash. So, I mean, I went in and he was jockeying the, the counter. And there was one time and he had had a... Um, an advanced copy of like a Superman Adventures. Okay. Uh, and it was the, the, um, that was probably me. Sorry. That's okay. No problem. Um, um, he was, oh, yeah, yeah. Superman. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got like confused. I'm like, what the hell? Um, he was, he had an advanced copy of, um, of, uh, Superman Adventures. It was the, um, the funeral for Dan Turpin. I okay. don't know if you remember. Dan Turpin was one of the the, um, the cops in Metropolis. He was like a, an old timey kind of cop, but he was also based on um, partly on Jack Kirby. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it was the funeral of Dan Turpin, and the reason why they killed Dan Turpin in the the cartoon is because Jack Kirby had just died. Gotcha. So he had gotten an advanced copy, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I said, "Is that the? Is that the? Because I mean, death of Dan Turpin. Exactly. Everybody was a buzz. Anyone who was in the, the <laughs> comics world or in, you know, enjoyed <laughs> Superman: The Animated Adventures of Batman, mm-hmm. you know, knew that this was coming up. And I was like, "Oh my god! I'm I'm surprised you guys haven't like." You know, uh, destroyed the tape rewinding, and Brian's like, "Yeah, sure thing." And Kevin's like, "Yeah, you know, this is like my fifteenth time watching." And I'm like, "I gotta <laughs> respect that." And um, but we just had we had that like moment, and it, yeah. it was nice. He's like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm a fan too." So yeah, and Kevin is. I think Kevin appreciates more than anybody else the fact that you know his he was a fan of something as well. He was a yeah. fan of Star Wars. He was a fan of everything that went into Clerks, and so yeah. he he never forgot how to be a fan. And that that fandom, you know, led to him becoming friends with Stan Lee. And I think that one of the coolest things, and I'm, this is a prediction of mine, but that Kevin is going to not take over for Stan because nobody right. can take over for Stan yeah. but Kevin is going to be the next he's like the spiritual successor he's to the, Stan yes he's yeah. the uh, the ambassador uh, of, of it's nerddom that, yeah it's no, that cultural association yeah, right? yeah. We've actually, I think we actually talked I think we actually oh, talked yeah. about that on our Stan episode mm-hmm. that he's the perfect guy to do it yeah absolutely absolutely think, sorry that was me that's yeah, no big deal <laughs> I, I think the uh the interesting thing, right, not only does Kevin have that fandom at his core and the appreciation as a result, but the the fortune, uh, I mean, he probably is a little involved in it, but the, the fortune of what we've gone through in the last 20 years, really, of the very nature of fandom taking over everything, right? The combination of the Internet's widely distributed ability to communicate between mm-hmm. random people, um, it's it's made... It used to be unless you were a fan of sports, you were kind of an outcast in oh, a yeah. lot of the 
Oh, totally. Right. Totally. Same shit. Right. You, you listen to the guys talk about stats about fan football or, or, you know, fantasy football. You mm-hmm. listen to DJ talk about the Bruins or, you know, us talk about the Patriots or, or what, what have you. It's the same exact crap as if I'm talking about the stats of a D and D Ranger or, you know, or, a, you know, can Superman beat thing or, you know, all that type of, course. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's much more even. You can be a fan of whatever the hell you want and you will find some kind of acceptability in that. Yeah. Which you never did before. So no. I, same like, I mean, when I was a kid, I, I read the Infinity Gauntlet series. I knew who Thanos was. Mm-hmm. If I brought up to anyone, hey, here's this guy, Thanos, I'd probably get stuffed in a fucking locker. Yeah. Now yeah. they make Thanos underwear and Thanos earrings and shit. And it's like, he's fucking everywhere. Yeah. Never. It's very true. It's insane. But you I'll get go the shit kicked out of you. True. true. <laughs> um, Sean, I'll go you one better. I will say that Kevin was at the forefront of that acceptability. I think that uh, it's because of him, because of Joss Whedon, yeah. because they made, I mean, what is Buffy if not the uncanny X-Men? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has said it before. You know, he Buffy is, you know, directly influenced by Kitty Pride, which is why she took like front and center in uh in his run on, yeah. on Aston- Astonishing X-Men. Yep. So, um Joss Whedon, Kevin, um Tarantino. Mm. Yeah. Tarantino's yeah. a huge comic book fan. So is Samuel L. Jackson. I think that, you know, because they brought their love of all things nerdy with them yeah. into whatever they did. You know, it's shown through and the connectivity and the the pop culture infused characters, right? Those characters existed in worlds where they have comic books or fandom and and they speak like that just like we do, right? I mean, that's that's that was what Clerks was to me in, you know, 94 on a VHS tape in a fraternity house in college. Somebody brought it in. I never heard of it and uh i don't know if it was a bootleg i don't think it was a rental i don't know where it came from it was in boston and but what i heard was people talking like like we talk giving each other shit like you know like we did and talking about star wars and stuff like that and that that and what you know tarantino did throughout his characters and his writing and stuff he didn't do just it feels much more real and has helped reinforce that acceptability and the just the awesomeness i mean the fact that we could just sit here and shoot the shit about anything and at least a couple idiots are going to listen to it that's strange Hi, yeah, nice, right? <laughs> yeah way to treat your fan base love it <laughs> no these, we love these idiots yeah um we're we're all spiritual kin <laughs> yeah yep yeah. yeah the uh hmm. well so DJ, you, I don't know that Mike's done a lot of cosplay. I certainly haven't. What's it like? Why do you spend the time to put together the things you do? I mean, to the point of wigs and constructing costumes and, you know, well, the, what's the deal? The wigs are because I have no hair, Sean. And by the way, I think it's cool as hell. This is something yeah. that I would love to do, but I'm, uh, I, I can't sew. Yeah, and I'm I can't. getting pretty good at it. All right, and I'm I'm not really good. Uh, I didn't go to uh, Apex Tech for you know acetylene uh, did welding. I, so, so the biggest thing was well, there's two things. Number one is my kid wanted to start doing it. Okay, and I refused to buy stuff out of the bag. But also, I used to be four, like almost 400 pounds, so nothing in a bag fit me. So I always had to make my own shit if I wanted to do something. That's kind of where it started. Like, even just like Halloween parties, I always had to make everything from scratch. It's like, I'm going to be the Mad Hatter from Disney one year. Well, they don't make that shit in a bag in a 5XL, so I had to make it. Um, So that's kind of where it started. And then also, I always wanted to be stuff that you couldn't buy in a bag. Like You couldn't go to the store and buy a barf costume, so I had to make it from scratch. (laughs) And and just stuff like that. But I mean, I got into it with the kid. Okay. No, Um, hey, that's fair. That's great. And then, um, you know, it's sad. I don't do it, like, to, like, take Instagram pictures and stuff like that and... You do it for the pure joy of it. Because so it's, it's fun to dress up. That's awesome. Yeah. There's nothing I, wrong with that. I've if, seen I've seen the, the coolest thing is is you dressing up in things that relate to the stars you're going to meet. Oh, yeah. I usually right? do that, too. Like Michael J. Fox. That was awesome. Yeah, I did the Monterey Fly for that. Um, like, you know, the year I, Kevin came to Boston, I finally got to meet Kevin. I dressed up like Kevin, obviously. Mm-hmm. I wore it again that year to uh, Trificon. Actually, I 
helped you guys mm-hmm. host the costume contest that my kid was in. <laughs> yes. How did so she do? I think she came in second pan that Beautiful. Ghostbuster pack girl. Remember that oh, my not? God. Yeah, that was yeah. lunacy. Um, so, yeah, circle of life. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I just, it's just something fun to do. It's like, I don't know. I love Halloween and shit anyway. Yeah. So it's like I can make three Halloweens every year. I do it. I do hope uh, we've talked about it a bit, but Chris and I are not as creative and don't spend as much time on these sorts of things. But having DJ, we, you know, I hope there's a chance for us to do like a three person costume, whether it's you know some kind of Ghostbusters mashup, Mo, Larry, and Curly, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> yeah, uh, nah, it sounds hot. I'll, I'll I'll have to start. I'll have to buy some proton pack shells and we'll start making proton packs. Yeah. That'd be the easiest one to do. Expensive, but we can do it. All right. We can work on it. So my kid's an engineer, so she can wire everything up for us. Fantastic. Excellent. Nice. Well, so it feels like it's about top three. Yeah, now. it's about time. So as we just shoot the shit for a while. So one thing that got things got really shitty uh yesterday. So Peter Mayhew passed away. Yeah. Peter Mayhew played Chewbacca. Um Chewbacca possibly my top five all-time fictional characters mm-hmm. uh, my dog is named chewbacca nice i have star wars tattoos on my body i have millions of chewbacca items in my house so it, that one hurt i'm kind of after carrie unfortunately i'm kind of getting used to this kind of thing happening with the star wars yeah, characters. unfortunately it's yeah. not i mean we know harrison's coming i mean hopefully not for the like the next 20 no, years yeah. no um, I'm, I'm gonna be i'm gonna be fucking wrecked that day it's bad enough I got offered. Yeah. I actually got offered a week of bereavement at work for when Carrie Fisher died. Oh, really? Because oh. yeah, they knew I'm that into it. But okay. So, in memory of Chewbacca, who I think is the absolute greatest movie sidekick slash, you know, you could call him a, you know, a pet, whatever. Are you sure? Because I would much rather call Han Solo his pet. Really? Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Well, that's true. How old is Chewie? He's like that's uh, true. He's like 230 <laughs> years old. Yeah, yep. he's up there. So, yeah, I mean, you know. And you like got... most pet owners, he saw his pet predecease him. Of course. He's, yeah. As sad as it is. Of course. That he's... was sad, yeah. Do you think that was like his third or fourth Han Solo? <laughs> and he's going, he's. Yeah. He went back That's... to Mose Eisley to, to, you know, keep naming get another rescue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Adopt a smuggler. I, I'm not sure I can. Uh ever not think that now Mike. I, well uh, it, i mean it makes sense right yeah. yes it does yeah yeah it, it purely does i don't okay. know but, but chewbacca was awesome i mean i think for a lot of kids you know chewbacca might be like their first like imaginary friend or pet kind of thing everyone everyone's first impression was probably like the wookie roar of course yeah. so kind of thing so it, it, it was a big deal i met the guy a couple of times he was he really was the sweetest guy yes he was yeah. amazing he was on um comic book yeah. men yeah. He was one of the nicest guys you'd ever want yep. to meet. And unlike I've met some other people who like are known for one thing really heavy. Mm-hmm. He embraced the fuck out of that. Oh, hell yeah. He was, he had no, and he actually like the character, he makes the character like, those are his eyes. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. I mean, all the like, I mean, Grant Chewie doesn't emote a lot, but the eyes do a lot and to help you kind of fall in love with that character. And, it's and a big his, part of it. his roar was, you know, yeah. It's, I mean, that, um, that emoted, you know, yep. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So <laughs> d- d- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, DJ. I didn't mean to make you, Thank you were getting a little choked up there. I was. Yeah, I was. Okay. <laughs> I take the shit to heart. So I, I don't blame you. It's the <laughs> truth. This is. So it was tough. It, yeah. So that, it, uh, that sucked. That's the, you know, there's, there's never going to be, there is never a happy ending to any love story. I hate to be that blunt. Hate to to just piss all over your childhood, but it's no, true. I know, I know. It's there. To, everything comes an end, but that's what makes it so great. Everything is dog shit. Er, no, not everything is dog <laughs> shit. Everything is the reason why it's not dog shit yeah. is because everything is finite. If it went on forever, it'd be like, uh, uh no, I mean, uh, this no, sucks. We talk- How do I get out of this? We talked about it last week. We did a an end game thing, and I cried like a little fucking bitch almost the entire movie. Yeah, well, I didn't not the whole movie, but I mean, even after I'm walking out, I'm walking, I'm walking out with my my wife and my kids, and my wife said, "So you got a little choked up there?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Well, which part was the one?" And I was like, "Well, when and I started to get choked up, I'm like, I can't talk about this." uh, I'm like, "If you want to see me cry again, then we'll talk about it." But no, yeah, even even the second time through, the cap stuff still got me. Yeah. Like I had to. Let's have, not. Let's not. No, no. I didn't say what it was. He's. But just I was. It was. <laughs> What's so. that? Yes. Anyway. So shout out, good idea. So we're gonna do um in memory of Chewie, we're gonna do uh top three fictional pets 
or non-human characters. So, like, it could be anything from animation, TV, movies, whatever. Okay. Sound good, Sean? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to start with a few honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, Eddie, the dog from Frasier. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> Marcel, the monkey from uh, from Friends. I hated Punks Friends. Tony yeah. Phil from uh, Groundhog Day. Okay, just Very from nice. that don't drive angry scene from the trailer. That was awesome. Stuck with me. May I throw Those one? The, may I throw one into yeah. your pile? Yeah. Uh, Annie's boobs from Community. The okay. monkey that was uh, that stole yes. all of yeah. Annie's <laughs> boobs was great. <laughs> yeah. Any other honorable mentions, Mike? Any, no? Oh, uh, I mean, I can go Dino. Actually, no, Dino is one of my top three. Okay. So, but for oh, the yeah, don't spoil it. Um, I would say the uh, the Dew family, the in, the entire Shaggy, yeah. Scooby, Reggie? Uh, yeah. not not Shaggy, uh, Scooby, uh, Scrappy, <laughs> Scrappy, and uh, what's that one called? Stupid Dew. Yeah, no, it was a, dopey d- dummy Dew. No, it was a um, crappy Dew. It should have been crappy, oh, yeah. but yeah, it was, yeah, um, he sucked. Scooby Dumb. That's who it was. He was—he wasn't yeah. a part of the Do family. He was Scooby Dumb. So <laughs> he was a Do in law. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I went or, or an inbred. Yes. Yeah. I, I Scooby Doo almost made it, but um, I wasn't as much of a Scooby Doo person. My my daughter was, but gotcha. My terrible mentions. I'm doing my Disney characters as honorables because oh. I could just go on about Disney all day. But oh. I'm going Stitch and a Pooh. Okay. So oh, two okay. of the the best two Disney Actually, pets, I think. Very nice. So, I love Stitch. I do love Stitch too, but means family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also love a Pooh. Aladdin's uh, probably my mm-hmm. favorite animated Disney movie. So, I love and, a monkey. Yeah, and he's a monkey too. So monkeys are awesome. So I'll go stitching a Pooh. And he's boobs. There is. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that out. <laughs> Nothing uh, wrong with that. Shall we um, go for number three? So my number three, Jonesy the Cat from Alien. Oh, Very shit. nice. Motherfucker. Right. I, I saw that probably younger than I should have. Um, but... Uh, but having the cat in there as both a spook device and a yeah, they're in space, but it's still they got a cat, so they're human, and it's just a, a future set of realistic, you know, working class folks and then a lady with her cat. I just it just added an element that I really loved and it's always stuck with me. Jonesy the cat. Good pull. How about you, Mike? Number three is Dino because I spoiled Dino. it before. Dino, <laughs> yeah. Dino Flintstone. I mean, <laughs> just. I mean, Fred hated it that Dino would jump on him, but the the freaking animal loved him. So yeah. get over yourself, Fred. You dick. <laughs> Fred Flintstone was kind of an asshole when you go yeah, back and watch you know, it. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> nice, Dino. Good pull. So that's my number three. Excellent. Uh, my number three, I'm going Falcor from The NeverEnding Story, The Luck wow. Dragon. Oh, wow. So Fal- I, I wanted, when I was a kid, I, I thought you could go get one of those. I wanted a Luck Dragon. Now I've got that dumb song in my head. Oh, from that guy from Kajagugu? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Good luck, man. Yeah. yeah. So he was, just, he was a super cool character. Um, you know, the scene when the kids ride him at the end, they chase the bullies into the dumpster and stuff like that. So just that's this old-timey childhood memory shit right there. So I'm going Falcor. Okay. So that's actually not a bad segue into my number two, Toothless the Dragon oh. from How to Train Your Dragon. Um, we have a black cat with yellow eyes that is kind of stupid and strange and has, you know, cute expressions and weirdness. And we saw this movie, me and my two daughters and my wife. And of course, immediately, all we could see was our cat, you know, with wings and, and everything. And you know, those big eyes, the way they animate them, made those movies for us. There's so much character in that, you know, stupid dragon. So Toothless uh, has to be my number two. My number two is uh, Hobbs from Calvin and Hobbs. Oh, I didn't even uh, think about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. my God. Because um, he's awesome. Awesome. That's, yeah. that's, he is. That's all you need to know. I can't wait. I forgot, I forgot about Hobbs. Mm. I can't believe it. That's amazing. Uh, my One number of the hallmarks of the top of the oh, top yeah. three is lack of preparation and broad topics means it's almost impossible for us to be not surprised by the random crap coming out of the others. So Damn straight. That's, that's a perfect example. Exactly. And we always forget shit too. Yeah. So nice. my number two, going back to, you know, things from the eighties I wanted to have, I'm going Gizmo from Gremlins. Yeah. Gotcha. Gizmo was the shit. 
Gizmo was going to be one of my top three, but uh, he he got edged out by my number one. Yeah, he does have a lot of rules. Mm. He's kind of a pain in the ass to deal with. But, sure. Um, especially like it's not his fault. No, it's not. But especially like Gizmo's two, I mean, Gremlins two, Gizmo with like the Rambo shit. And when I was a kid, and I realized that Bobby from Bobby's World and Gizmo was the same guy, it blew my little tiny fucking mind. <laughs> that one was like, so that's kind of made it even better. So I realized that Harry Mandel actually voiced Gizmo. That was a big thing for me. So, but he was just super cute, and he has the little song and everything. And I had the Gizmo Furby back in the day and shit. So fantastic, going Gizmo. I thought about Gizmo. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely popped into mind. Uh, but my number one, uh, I know Mike probably would remember. I don't know if you do, DJ. Uh, Muffet from the original Battlestar Galactica. Absolute Mu- Mu- Muffy the Daggett. Yes. Yeah. Um, gotcha. That, right. I loved, right. Loved Star Wars. Saw it, saw it opening weekend when I was, I guess, six or something. And, and loved that. And when I saw Battlestar Galactica, I saw a lot of the same stuff, space and spaceships and lasers. And, and so I watched that like crazy. And then, uh, when I was, I think seven, so 1978, 79, uh, time frame, I went to Los Angeles to, spend the summer with my dad and we went to universal studios. They had an animal show and they brought out Muffet the Daggett and it's a chimp in a costume, but you know, making the noises and moving like a weird, strange orange furry robot dog thing. And that's just always stuck with me as it was one of the first times I saw something. I'm like, I want one of those. It's the best thing in the world. And you went backstage and there was the monkey smoking a cigarette, <laughs> holding on to the thing going, God damn this <laughs> fucking showbiz sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they did actually take the take the helmet off the monkey so you could see, you know, that it was a chimp and kind of <laughs> And that it was sweating like profusely. Yes. <laughs> like, eh, it's dehydrated, so what? We'll get another monkey if it dies. Fuck it. Picture of it someplace, like a real poorly developed, you know, sixteen millimeter Instamatic or something. That's awesome. But yes, Muffet. My number one is a tearjerker because it gets me every single time, every single time, and because I'm a dog lover. Oh, Seymour Butts from from Futurama. Oh, yeah, that was that was that was sad as hell. That was a cartoon reached into my chest, pulled out my heart, and held it in front of my crying eyes. I thought you were going to go old yeller for a while. For a minute. no, no, did no, that this surprise was... you? Right in terms of right, it's it is a cartoon, and it's ludicrously silly and stupid generally, but the ability to affect you like that. It's interesting. It, it did. It came out of left field. Yeah, especially for that show. Uh, Futurama was silly, but it was also much more cerebral than yeah. The Simpsons. And The Simpsons is quite cerebral. I mean, there are there's some wordplay in there that is amazing. So yeah. I was um, the fact that they were able to to just knee me in the groin, pull out my heart. It's it. I love Seymour. Because I was wondering, he was like, he just kept sitting in front of the pizza place as it changed yeah. buildings and everything. Yeah. That... You saw him out in the middle of rainstorms, yep. snow. He was the loyalist dog ever. Yeah. That's my favorite kind of uh, comedy or drama writing is the stuff that burns actual emotion out of you mm-hmm. in a surprising way while still doing its job, you know thrilling and and to make you laugh laugh. yeah Yeah, i mean that was one of the funniest ones ever and they still got me right at the end yeah so yeah i hate whenever a pet dies i know okay so my number one um i'm going snoopy 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 Snoopy. i'm a huge peanuts person massive i watch all the holiday specials every year Yes, huge penis person. No, peanuts, Sean. And you gotta watch the slur in there. Come on, DJ. <laughs> Tell you about you're these weird mailing lists. All this is yes, yes. It's <laughs> I'm a penis person. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I I totally agree. I grew up I grew up with uh, Snoopy and Woodstock were uh, yep. were huge and Spike. So that's, that's his great. cousin. His cousin. Spike. I mean, yeah. yeah. I I too am a huge Snoopy fan. The um, when Snoopy got 
uh, the the little sick girl. Remember that special? Yes. He was at the pound and poor little sick girl was like loving him up and. Mm-hmm. But he had Charlie Brown. Yep. He had he had the Sophie's Choice. Yeah, <laughs> you're like ah, Snoopy's <laughs> Choice. That's awesome. So yeah, it's yeah. I, I I truly I commend you on that one. Actually, all of them are great great yeah. choices. And of course, che- Chewbacca's at the top of the heap. Of That's course, we, well, he's, but, yeah. yeah uh, according to Mike, it's Han Solo at the top of the heap. Yeah, Han Solo is at the top of the heap. Okay, so Sean, you had Joji the Cat from Aliens, Toothless, and Muffet from Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Michael Adino, Hobbs, and Seymour Butts, and I had Falcor, Gizmo, and Snoopy. That's Not a, bad. That's a wide that's a ranging set. No overlap at all. Good. No, that's I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, except happen. Eddie the dog, you did steal from me, and you and I almost <laughs> went to blows on Gizmo. Yeah, we almost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I I really appreciate uh, you guys being able to call me into this. Sorry, I wasn't able to make it down, but uh, your safety comes gonna... first, for God's sakes. <laughs> Don't go dying on us. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye-bye.